This is Dylan. This is Nick. And you're listening to Colloquium. Hello and welcome to Colloquium. We're here on a Saturday as usual. How are you doing, Nick? Doing well. Doing well. Yeah, we had a uh, nice little morning this morning with some mass and then some some coffee. Yeah. And uh, yeah, ready to roll. That's right. Yeah, I, I wish we would do that more. I, th- I think it's it's a great way to to start our podcast mornings is, is by receiving our Lord in the Eucharist and receiving our friend Joseph in our coffee cups. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> Joe, Joey. Yeah. That, uh, by the way, for our listeners, that it translates from coffee to a cup of coffee to a cup of Joe to uh, just Joseph. That's right. That's, <laughs> that's right. right. So we we like to refer to our coffee as Joseph. And people think we're holier than we are. They think we're talking about St. Joseph That's or something. Right. Yeah, we're, just, we're not. We're just Joseph in our coffee cup. Cup of Joe. <laughs> okay. Cup of Joe. <laughs> anyway. Oh, man. So that's funny. <laughs> that is funny. Which is a good segue. <laughs> I'm already laughing. We haven't even started this yet. Into our topic, which is going to be a really serious one. So we need to sober up. Because today we are going <laughs> to talk about humor. Let's do it. Humor. Yes. So this shout out actually to Nick's mother. <laughs> Who? <laughs> Why is that funny? <laughs> Thanks, uh, mom. Yes, Mrs. Smith. She recommended this topic to us, and, and it first came up as you know I was standing with Nick's family watching Nick coach soccer and uh, having a grand old time and talking about colloquium with with Mrs. Smith, and she she said, you know, you guys should do an episode on humor, and I thought, you know, actually that's a really good idea. Uh, we are pretty funny. Yeah, I think I that's think why she suggested that. Wouldn't, yeah. that. wouldn't that be right? I yeah. mean, Nick's mom thinks we're funny, at least, so we must <laughs> be right. funny. Uh, my mom thinks there. we're funny, or she thinks I'm funny. I don't know if she thinks you're funny or not. Oh, we haven't well. talked about it. But she always tells me I'm funny. So, you know, what better thing than to talk about something we... What better thing to do than talk about something that we know really, really well? Yeah, and we're that's, good at, that's yeah. That's right? Yeah. <laughs> See, it's funny that we're even talking about it. I know. But, I mean, yeah, I think it is. It was a good topic. I thought it was a good topic because I think that, for one, I think our relationship contains a lot of humor. It's funny that we're friends to begin with. Sorry, I can't contain myself <laughs> okay. right now. But, no, I, th- I think it is. I think humor is very much a part of our friendship. And just our wider community, too, I think. I think yeah. so. Yeah, I think Absolutely. And I know Word on Fire recently did a journal on humor. I haven't read it, but you have. Yep. And I know that you'll have things to share from that. Sure. And I think it's just an interesting topic uh, because I don't know that the Christian life or, you know, when you read the Bible, it, you know, it's not a joke book, right? Yep. And I think a lot of times Christians can be too serious, right? Yeah. And... Yeah, I just want to kind of explore what what the role of humor is in, in the Christian life. So I'm excited. Yeah, I'll, I'll say one thing too as we get going here. It seems as though it's it's very difficult to to talk about humor, to use humor in things that are important. You know, so uh, right. I, I know like when we get into an important meeting at work or, uh, you know, uh, some important soccer game is coming yeah. up, you know, and we're preparing for that. It's just very difficult to bring humor into that for some reason, you know, Uh we, we have trouble aligning humor with things that are important. And, you know, the Christian life, you know, living out our relationship with the Lord is the most important right. thing. There's yeah. nothing more important than that. So bringing humor into it, I think, can be hard and uh, is, is important, though, is, is, is necessary. 
Right. There's absolutely, there's a seriousness to our faith that, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things like in the most serious moments, serious spiritual moments of worship, right? You wouldn't think about telling a joke, right? It's like, there's just, there's a seriousness, a, um, yeah, there's just a lack of levity there. And, and I think, but that doesn't mean that humor doesn't play a role in the spiritual life. So I guess how can we begin to describe what role humor does play in the spiritual life? Yeah, so I guess I'll start out from something that I did learn from the Humor Journal. So again, just to reiterate, Word on Fire put that, puts out these quarterly journals, and one of them was totally on humor, uh, which I was pumped about, and I, I wasn't disappointed. Um, but Bishop Barron starts out by saying that um, you know humor, in its essence, uh, begins with uh, the coming together of two incongruent things, or the you know the coming together mm-hmm. or the, the juxtaposition of opposites. Um, you know, and that, uh, translates into something that's funny. Yeah. Um, and so he, he talks about how our faith, you know, the story of our salvation, um, culminates with a joke, essentially the coming together of opposites, God becoming man, uh, God, uh, God dying on a cross. Um, Mm -hmm. and so that, uh, that is, um, you know, in a sense, humor is at the essence of our faith, uh, is, you know, the, wow. the coming together of opposites in this God becoming man, God dying. Yeah, so that's a really beautiful point. I want to build on that a little bit because I think there's something about humor that seems to me very appropriate for in a fallen world, right? And you talk about the juxtaposition of like man's poverty and, and the incarnation. Right. Well, I remember, I think it was my, my fourth grade teacher, Miss Finky. She, I, for whatever reason, her, how she talked about humor, how she defined humor, like has stood out to me. Hmm. She essentially said that, that a joke is funny because it's like not true or because it like exposes some falsehood or exposes some imperfection in, in the world or in the way that we speak. Right. Hmm. And it's funny that it's like not perfect. Right. So that's kind of where humor comes from. And so I think when you talk about, you know, the incarnation, the juxtaposition of, of two unalike things, God and man. Yeah. You know, it seems on the one hand that like humor is something like we, we have it cause we're not perfect. Right. You laugh at somebody who messes things up. Right. right? Not somebody who does everything perfectly. And yet in the incarnation, right. In God entering into that, I think it maybe that's what allows us to laugh at it. Right. And not just cry amidst our poverty that we're imperfect, right? So I think there is a, a strange juxtaposition of the perfect and the imperfect. Hmm. I think it's I think it's one of the great mysteries of life, ultimately. Yeah, and I want to mention too. I think this is so important because you know we we aren't uh, first century Romans. Uh, you know when Jesus we came aren't. and oh. <laughs> we we aren't. Yeah. Uh, but you know when when Jesus came, you know, crucifixion was you know, the, the worst right. thing that someone yeah. could endure, you know, and, uh, yeah, yeah it's absolute humiliation. And, uh, there's evidence of this. I think the, the first depiction we have of Christianity, uh, that we know of, Oh, this is a great reference. Is, yeah. um, mm-hmm. is a inscription. It's a, like a, essentially a rough drawing on a, on a piece of rock. Uh, and it's of this, this man worshiping a, essentially a donkey on a cross. And it says, yeah. Alexa Minos, I think is his name, worships his God. And it's yeah. it's a picture of essentially Jesus with the head of a donkey on the cross, right. um, and they're making fun. I mean, essentially, it's a joke. Yeah, because a donkey, you know, it's like an ass. Yeah, it's, you, you, 
it's a comical you make fun of a donkey right yeah. that's right so from the beginning of you know you know since jesus died and rose you know it's it's been considered among among societies like you can't be serious right this is a, right. this is a joke like this is your yeah. god so in a sense christianity is the greatest joke ever told. that's right <laughs> dang that's interesting <laughs> that yeah was. yeah that's that's really interesting that's insightful hmm. yeah i think um I don't know. Do you have anything else on just the general role of, because I think there's a lot of directions I want to go. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm good for that. That first point. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So what, what about in your own spiritual life? What, um, what role has humor played in your own life as a Christian? Do you think? Um, so yeah, I don't want to steal your thunder here, but I, I think humor, uh, is so important for, uh, for bringing, uh, a sort of levity to my personal spiritual life, you know. I think that maybe that's mm-hmm. obvious, but again, you know, I I try to take you know my Christian living very seriously. You know, I, mm-hmm. I realize the importance of it and how there's nothing more important. You know, and um, you know, it, it's hard when you fail because we do it every day as Christians. You know, yeah. it's hard to fail as a Christian. You know, it's like, dang, you know, I'm trying to do this thing that's of, of most importance, and when I fail. You know, I failed at the thing that was most important. So humor, I think, just kind of brings that levity that's needed, I think, right. and uh, yeah. um, toward oneself and towards the situations that we're in, um, that kind of allows uh, life to be bearable, honestly. Yeah. Um, it brings, you know, this, this bearableness to life. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think that's right. I think it's a balancing force, um, yeah, in the midst of our poverty, in the midst of our brokenness that allows us to yeah, be, have humility and laugh at ourselves. I think for me and what I put here, and I think you seem to quite agree with is I think humor for me, it's helped me heal from scrupulosity. Yeah. And I think that in my early days of walking in my faith, where I, I did tend strongly towards the scrupulous, I, uh, I think I was very serious and, you know, I always had a sense of humor, but I don't think it was on full display all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think as I've grown in my walk with Christ and as I've, I've grown in the spiritual life, particularly as I've made strides recovering from the kind of scrupulous tendencies, I've found just humor has been a, a much greater part of my life. And I think that I think that our community and I think friendship with you has had something to do with that. I think especially moving back um, to Alabama has had a big impact. And But yeah, I think it's just something, you know, Nick, I mean, in the midst of our community, and I think especially in friendship with you, there's just a, there's a lightness, like a levity. Um, and there's a seriousness about the spiritual life, but there's a levity there that, you know, I, I know you, for instance, like you're never afraid to crack a joke. You know, you're never afraid to lighten the mood. And I think in some ways that's, you know, a gift, right? Um, like we don't all have the same sense of humor and we don't all have equal sense of humor some people are better than others and but to live out of that gift of humor i think can really it can really lighten the mood in a room when maybe it gets too heavy and i think for me that's been something incredibly fruitful in my own spiritual life beautiful yeah yeah there's always a balance which i think we'll, we'll talk about later uh but there there does seem to be a balance that's needed um in the spiritual life of, you know, just being absolutely ridiculous to, uh, you know, being too serious, you know, humor, t- I think is a virtuous middle ground. So we'll, we'll talk about that later on though. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, w- one thing too, that I, I kind of wanted to, uh, to jump to here also is just like w- when it comes to living out humor, I think what it says when you're able to be humorous as a Christian is that, um, 
it shows humility that yeah. you're not God, you mm-hmm. know, and uh, just to to place yourself, you know, uh, as God intended you to be placed, which is you know under Him before, you know, right? Uh, yeah. You know, He He's yeah. in control, and yeah. the fact that uh, you're not taking you know uh, the Christian life totally seriously or else kind of says that to him right it says that that you're not you know uh you're not god you're not in control you know and you're you're being loved you're you're being lied about that because of that you know yeah well it's funny you put here uh a chesterton quote you know it's the test of a good religion whether you can joke about it right yeah which i think is is kind of funny in of itself and obviously we don't want to be sacrilegious in joking about your religion but i think that's humility that's the humility right if you're so serious if your faith is just this thing you have to hold together with the right seriousness and with have all the right pieces in place um how strong is your faith right right um but if you have the humility to joke about you know or to to accept jokes almost right like um you know think of the donkey on the cross right it's like you know if that crushes your faith then what kind of faith is that? But for the early church, like that elevated their faith. It's like, yeah, this is the scandal of our faith, right? That it was humiliating for Jesus to die on the cross. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. So I think humility is is a good word that you use there. Agreed. Did you want to talk about uh, Lord of the Rings at all? Yeah, I did. Lord of the Rings? I did, yeah. Yeah, Let's hear that quote. It seems like, and I'm just in awe, and I know you are are too, of these just great storytelling masters, you Mm -hmm. know, that... Uh, it seems to get deeper and deeper, you know, with, you know, whenever you yeah. read you know, thinking these like Dr. particular Seuss. types of people. Yeah, yeah. like him yeah. or... Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, Shel <okay>. Silverstein. <laughs> That's right, yeah. No, but uh, with Tolkien in particular, Lord of the Rings, I, I just think you could you could explore the depths of that work uh, for a long mm-hmm. period of time and it would be fruitful. But anyway, yeah, uh, I'll read a little passage from Lord of the Rings here. Uh, this is from The Two Towers, the second one. Um, and this is when... Pippin, uh, one of the hobbits, is hanging out with Gandalf, and they're talking about something, and Gandalf laughs. He starts laughing. Mm-hmm. Um, and this passage is when Pippin kind of observes Gandalf laughing here, so I'll, I'll read the quote. It's not terribly long. Pippin glanced in some wonder at the face, now close beside his own, for the sound of that laugh had been gay and merry. Yet in the wizard's face he saw at first only lines of care and sorrow. Though as he looked more intently, he perceived that under all there was a great joy, a fountain of mirth enough to set a kingdom laughing, were it to gush forth. Um, so this is a beautiful passage where yeah. Gan- Gandalf laughs and Pippin right. senses like the underlying joy that's just bursting from underneath him. Yeah, you know, I, uh, I could pray a holy hour with that. Uh, yeah, with that quote there. I mean, it's gosh, it's so beautiful. It just makes me think that. I think a a genuine laugh, like a genuine belly laugh, you know, is I think a sign of being fully alive. Amen. I think that laughter, humor and laughter are a sign of being fully alive. Now, I think there can be an excess of, of humor, and I think we'll get to that when we talk about a little, you know, what is the excess and the defect of, of humor, if humor were a virtue, but I think that yeah, there's something beautiful. And I noticed this. I've noticed this a lot. I think I've been contemplating this recently. It's one of the reasons why I jumped on the opportunity to do this topic is when I see somebody just genuine laughing at something, you know, in, in, assuming it's not, you know, like a, they're laughing at something wildly inappropriate or right, something. Right. Uh, 
uh, horrible. But generally, when I see laughter, I see somebody who's, they're living. Um, Amen. And there's there's a joy. And, and the cool thing about this quote is that it's not a superficial laughter that Gandalf has. It says, you know, he sees the, um, at first he sees only lines of care and sorrow in his face, but kind of um, gushing through all of this, gushing forth is, is the phrase there. There's enough mirth, a fountain of mirth to set a kingdom laughing. Yeah. And mirth, by the way, is the like a British word for humor. I had to yeah. look that one up yeah. when I read it in Chesterton. It's a good word. It's a good word. Yeah. But yeah, oh man, I, I encourage you to look up. Maybe we put that quote in the show notes. And, sure. And spend some time with it. That's, that's just worth contemplating. Yeah, I think the kind of the crux of that quote for me is that, you know, you hear that Gandalf has lived through all the cares and sorrows of life. You right, know, and right. underneath it all is this joy. But what that says for a Christian, I think, yes. is... You know, this humor and laughter that's underneath the cares and sorrows and et cetera of life says that our end is not right. this place. Right. Our end is a place of joy. Uh, and that's what we're meant for finally. You know, so I think that having that, that humor, laughter underneath says that to those who are right. observing. Yeah. And I think I want to be clear to the kind of mirth we're talking about. We're, I don't think, in my mind, this isn't a superficial humor it's not a superficial sense of humor it's not somebody who just is always telling jokes and laughing all the time like it's it's the kind in which there there is humor in the midst of deep suffering it's the kind of humor and the kind of joy i think humor is a sign of joy as well that go that dwells deep within the heart of a christian despite yeah the suffering despite the immense suffering that might be there and that's why i love that quote um from the lord of the rings is that it's deeper. I, th- I think the kind of virtuous humor that we're talking about, it, it's deeper than the surface. Right. Deeper than the surfaces, yeah. Yeah, I wrote an article. About that <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I, I think, too, um, I don't know, this, this quote from Abe Lincoln keeps coming up to me, you know, mm-hmm. um, where he says, uh, you know, a house then, divided against itself. That's not <laughs> no, even him. That's he from has the a Bible, lot of, actually. But. Okay. He has a lot of amazing quotes, but one of them uh, that I read recently um, He's in the midst of the Civil War, you know, he says... He said, set the f- slaves free. <laughs> okay, that's right. That's one thing. He says, I laugh because I must not cry. That is all. Uh, oh, wow. I laugh because I must not cry. Uh, it's beautiful, Honestly. you guys. Yeah. Uh, it's beautiful. Just like this... This um, uh, in, in the midst of a thing of utmost importance, like the Civil War, you know, he he's, he recognizes that laughter is essential to... to um, avoiding despair to realizing what our end is you know uh, yeah so beautiful quote yeah it absolutely is and i think this i think hopefully you've established the importance of humor yeah but i think as we kind of investigate the, the role of humor and the importance of humor in the christian life it kind of leads to what i think is a million dollar question that's the question of does god have a sense of humor the million dollar question hmm. and i think this is a hard question to answer because i think you know, you and I talked a little bit about this leading up to the podcast. If you're to read the Bible, it's not easy to find humor. Right. I mean, there are some humorous scenarios. I think especially cultural scenarios where you see things happen in the Old Testament and just the the juxtaposition of opposites between our culture and the way we do things and the, the way things play out right. is hilarious. But, you know, if you look at the words of Christ in the gospel, it's not immediately clear that he's going around telling jokes. In fact, he seems quite serious. He does, yeah. Most of the time. Yeah. 
And I think that poses a challenge, right? Is where is God's sense of humor? Is there humor in the Bible? Yeah. So I want to look at that for a minute. It's a good question. I assume you're a, you're asking me uh, to answer it. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, just give me your initial thoughts, and then I, I have some as well. This is a hard one. So experientially, and we've talked about this already, but experientially, I would say yes. I mean, uh, a fruit of living the Christian life well kind of uh, is humor, is is laughter in a certain sense. Mm-hmm. You know? So that to me says that, yes, God has a sense of humor. He must. Um, he, he has he to. Must, yeah. Right. He has to. Um, and to insinuate that because we don't see God laughing and making jokes in the Bible, therefore he doesn't have a sense of humor is just is, is simply not an appropriate yeah. argument. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. a... Um, we ha- we don't have you know the full spectrum of right. of Jesus's life in the Bible as as John right. says to us at the end of his uh, his gospel you know so yeah, um, yeah. so I think we got to throw that out the window that's a good point yeah I think experientially you know and you hear the people say this all the time often when they're kind of making light of circumstances of their life or how God's plans kind of uproot their plans they say you know oh clearly God has a sense of humor right right there's clearly that juxtaposition of opposites. That happens in our life. We have a sense of humor. We're made in the image of likeness of God. Clearly, God does. Right. But the question remains: like, where is this in the Bible? And I think that there's a few hints at it that I think we can start to uncover. And then there's a quote from G.K. Chesterton that I think drives the point home. But let's look at a few of the hints. So um, the first one is, and you, you know, we talked a little bit about the chosen before, mm-hmm. but. There's a there's a scene in the chosen and it's the John three, um, the Nicodemus comes to Jesus at night, and this is a scene where in scripture we have the, you know the words of this dialogue between Jesus and Nicodemus recorded, and we have them, though I guess the way the chosen portrays this scene is it kind of fills in the gaps of the dialogue, like this was probably what's recorded us in scripture. The chosen kind of imagines this as if it's a a longer dialogue and we're given like the spark notes of it. And I really like what the cho- what the chosen does with this scene. Have you seen it, Nick? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. I really like what they do with this scene because they kind of fill in the blanks and they actually make the dialogue come to life and make more sense what Jesus is saying and, and what Nicodemus is saying. Not only because you're seeing it, but because they add some kind of lines in there. And one of the things I noticed in watching this is there's a line in John 3 verse 10 where Jesus is is conversing with Nicodemus and Nicodemus is just questioning. He says, how can this be? Talking about, you know, Jesus teaching on baptism. And it says, Jesus answered him, are you a teacher of Israel? And yet you do not understand this. Pretty straightforward, right? And it was just, Jesus, you're a teacher of Israel. Shouldn't you understand this? But in the chosen, this is kind of a joke. Like they portray this as Jesus, like, come on, come on, Nicodemus, you're a teacher, shouldn't you? You're a teacher of Israel, shouldn't you get this? And mm. like they both kind of chuckle together. Mm. And I think that that is a really enlightening scene for me because I think it shows us that I think there are a lot of similar scenes in the Bible where because we're given the dialogue and not given all kind of the, we're not there, we're not given all the details surrounding it and all the context always, that. We kind of miss that. Yeah. And I think, again, experientially, we know we can know that God has a sense of humor. And I think when we when we read that and look at the text in that perspective, I think there things like that can come to life. And so I think Jesus did have a sense of humor. I think sometimes we miss it in Scripture. 
Yeah, totally agree. I don't have really much else to say there, except I think the Chosen gets this so right, yeah. uh, the way they portray Jesus. Yeah, oh, Jesus is, yeah. is super lighthearted. In the gym. Serious, but also lighthearted. Yeah, there's like in, in uh, you know, Jonathan Rumi's portrayal of Jesus, there's such like a, there's a seriousness to him. There's like, well, I don't want to use seriousness. There's like a gravity to him. Yeah, good word. Uh, but it's has humor kind of interwoven with it. Yeah. Um, it's th- beautiful. I get this so right, I think. And anyone should watch The Chosen if you haven't. I think it's the humor that underlies the the suffering of the Christian that we That's talked right. about, right? It's the humor that burst forth from the midst of great suffering. That's right. Yeah, he really portrays that well, just the underlying levity yeah. to the way that he lives, Jesus, in that, in that, yeah. that series, yeah. And here's my other theory about humor in, in the Gospels in particular, is we know in the Gospels that Jesus has a preference for children. He tells us to be childlike. He spends time with children. He says, let the little children come to me. Well, this dawned on me, I think, a couple years ago. But what do you think Jesus is doing with the children? (laughs) He's not, like, giving them a serious lecture. Having grave conversation, yeah. He's not having a grave (laughs) conversation. He's probably joking around with them. That's another thing we see in The Chosen as well, is when the children— And this, yeah, that's I think that's where this this thing clicked for me, is watching this scene in The Chosen where— um, these children meet Jesus for the first time, and Jesus is just a goofball playing games with them. He's the fun uncle. Yeah. Like, and it was just so beautiful because up until that point, I had never seen, I'd never pictured Jesus with the children in that way. Yeah. But that surely had to be how he interacted with them. Amen. Yeah. That's beautiful. I I, uh, I hadn't thought about that either, but yeah. Uh, the first part is where he like makes them wooden toys or whatever, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gorgeous. Yeah. Such a good point. Yeah. And then I think so, but, but the thing is that the challenge to the gospels, I think, is that so much of this is hidden. You know, it's not clear, um, that Jesus has a sense of humor if you're just reading the words. Mm-hmm. And so I think this is where the Chesterton quote really, I think, casts a lot of light on it. And so this is actually the last line of the book Orthodoxy, GK Chesterton's masterpiece. And he closes it just kind of reflecting on, you know, his, he's known as kind of the prince of paradox, and he's all about juxtaposing opposites. Just the way he writes is humorous. Like, he just points out the humor in reality that we don't notice, and it's it's really hilarious, honestly. And he closes the book Orthodoxy with, with a reflection. And the very last line says this. There was some one thing... That was too great for God to show us when he walked upon our earth. And I've sometimes fancied that it was his mirth. Hmm. So Chesterton kind of, I think, reveals in this reflection, in this speculation of his, that humor is there in the Gospels, but God had to kind of hide it from us. And and I think earlier in the reflection, he, he points at this, is that in a sense, like if God revealed the fullness of his mirth, of his humor. It would be too much for us. Yeah. And so we see his humor in kind of a hidden way in scripture, I think, and in, in even in life as well. Beautiful. Yeah, I'm reminded of this quote from um, St. John Vianney. He says, uh, if we understood what the Mass really was or what the Mass mm-hmm. really meant, we yeah. would die of joy. That kind of reminds me of that, you know, just how we would we would die from pure joy if we understood the full extent of Jesus's yeah. uh Joy, his his mirth, yeah. Right. So even in the incarnation, like things are hidden, right? You know, you know, Moses beheld the face of God, and it made his skin radiate, right? right. And you know, if you were to 
um, touched the Ark of the, the Covenant, you would, you would die, you'd drop dead, right? Just to the sheer gory. And so even Christ, like in the incarnation, there's something veiled in his mm. humanity. You know, his divinity is veiled in his humanity. And so when Christ comes to us in the incarnation and even the sacraments, it's, it's in a veiled way. And I think his humor is, is one of those things that we get bits and pieces of, but there's a veil. There's, there's a certain veil to it, I think. Gosh, what would that have been like, you know, to, uh, I mean, I, this is an obvious question, but what would that have been like to, to be around Jesus and, you know, while he walked on earth, you know, just to, yeah. to see his persona and the way right. he carried himself, you know, and the, the underlying joy that he kind of yeah. carried himself with uh, across yeah. uh, Israel. Beautiful, beautiful to be think gift, about. Truly. Yeah. You know what I, you know, I just thought of too, and, and I think this is a relevant connection, but, you know, we talk about veiling, you know, veiling this humor of God, veiling, yeah, this, this gift of, of God's humor. Well, one thing that popped to my mind is, is, and this is something that isn't talked about a lot because it's kind of a, you know, it's not experienced on, on the regular, but, um, you ever encountered it like in charismatic movements, um, when people like laugh hysterically i actually have not but i've heard of it okay so it's like a manifestation of the holy spirit where a lot of times in in the charismatic renewal um people just spending time adoring the lord will just burst into like hysterical laughter and i think that's actually a mark of you know if that's when if and when that is truly a gift of the holy spirit I think that's a mark of great in- intimacy with our Lord, Amen. where that that kind of veil has been lifted. Yeah. And there's a deep intimacy with our Lord in His mirth and His humor, or just like a welling up of joy inside exactly, that yeah. comes from yeah, yeah. Because I think joy is intimately intimately connected with humor as well, right? Okay, we uh, temporarily disconnected here. Okay, and we're back, and I disconnected accidentally there for a minute. But we're back and we're live. The Dang. last thing we were saying, in case you missed it, because I don't know where it cut We've out. We've been talking for 40 minutes. Maybe. <laughs> no, I think it just cut out for like a second or two. <laughs> okay, good. But it was an inopportune time because I was talking about intimacy with our Lord and and how laughter, you know, as a gift of the Holy Spirit can be that manifestation. But we'll keep going from there. That was a boring uh, point anyway, so we can move on now. All right, great. No, <laughs> so, yes, God does have a sense of humor. When it comes to manifesting this sense of humor in the spiritual life, though, it's important to consider, okay, we talked a little bit at the beginning about there's an excess and a defect, right? So humor, if if it's a virtue to display a sense of humor, then what is the excess, what's the defect, and what's the mean in the middle? What do you think about that? Yeah, I think this is a, a very dangerous space to be in uh, as a Christian. Um, I think you know, we talked about how humor heals scrupulosity. Mm-hmm. I think you can turn it around and make this a very, uh, a very, uh, uh, a situation where scrupulosity can really hurt you here as a Christian. Okay. You know, or like sure. I'm worried about whether yeah. I'm laughing too much or not yeah. laughing. You know, so I, I think this is something that we need to be careful about over scrutinizing too sure. much. You know, uh, sure. but yes. Long story short, um, humor I think is definitely a virtuous mean. It's a a virtue time, you know, with two extremes on either side. Uh, we can talk about what, you know, those extremes are if you'd like. Mm-hmm. You want to go there? Yeah, I'd like to. Okay. I'd like to. Let's start with excess. Um, what, do, what would it look like to have an excess of humor? Yeah, the, the term that I've gotten written down here is buffoonery. Uh, um, and it's essentially just someone who 
doesn't take anything seriously someone at all. Someone who's a buffoon. Yeah, someone who's a clown. Word. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> That's a clown question. Bouncing around, yeah. Uh, acting a fool all times. Uh, yeah. Can't seem to sit down and have a conversation about things that are important. Um, what are some other traits of, a, of yeah. a buffoon? I mean, I put someone who doesn't take anything seriously. Right. Um, I... I witness in the classroom sometimes uh, there there are there are students there are teenagers who they just everything is a joke to them and sometimes it's a defense mechanism it's it's clearly unhealthy right it's clearly not a good thing usually these people aren't actually funny right um, because they try to make everything a joke it just there comes a point where people just get tired of it and it's no longer funny so I think this is the excess to me is right. that it's not and it's not that joy that you know bursts forth from the midst of of real life experience and suffering it's just kind of a superficial i don't want to embrace reality so mm. i'm gonna yeah. live out of this this place of joking that's really important yeah i think that both of these extremes with the buffoonery too but both of these extremes um yeah tend to grapple on things that aren't in accord with reality i think it's really important yeah mm-hmm. real humor comes from uh, knowing the truth about something, you know? So yeah. I think the excess and defect come from non-reality. Um, I also think too with buffoonery, I think sometimes when, when you're taking, you know, humor too far, um, it seems as though that actually, uh, tends to divide community, bring people apart from one another rather than bring people together. So I think humor, one of the amazing traits of humor mm-hmm. is that it brings people together yeah. in community. Um, mm-hmm. it tends to, uh, yeah, to bring people uh, closer to one another. Uh, with buffoonery, I think it, a lot of times it tends to separate. I can think mm-hmm. of particular examples when I was acting like a buffoon with some of my friends, mm-hmm. and like the, some other people around were just very annoyed and were like ready to ready for it to stop, and right. you know, just in that. So yeah. I think it can be separating rather than rather than bringing together. Yeah, I think that's another thing I see in the classroom sometimes is that that kind of behavior, that kind of buffoonery. You know, there's like a well-timed joke where like everybody collectively laughs and like it right. brings you deeper into communion and into conversation with each other in the classroom in, you know, a social environment sitting around the dinner table. And then there's the kind of like joke that someone makes in class or the kind of, and this probably happens outside of the classroom as well, but you know, my image right now is in the classroom and it doesn't result in that. Maybe there's like a couple of people laugh and then a couple of people end up talking to their friends and having like a separate conversation it actually like divides the classroom yeah like it splits it into like okay a couple of people like surround that joke com- or bond around that joke and then a couple of people bond around something else completely and then it's just divided right at that point yeah so i think i think that's a good point it's divisive yeah i think that's true for both sides of the spectrum excess and defect um, so the side of defect then that i mean i guess it's just a overly seriousness yeah for lack of a better word we've got humorlessness written down here so okay. yeah we came up with that one ourselves Nothing as good <laughs> as buffoonery. i actually didn't that's work right. on the, you, these are your words so yeah that's right uh so yeah just someone who is too stick serious, in the mud takes everything too seriously yeah um so hmm, i think I, this is hard because i think this can be a danger and i want to be careful here but i think this mm-hmm. can be a danger for um people who take the catholic faith or the christian faith and i don't want to too seriously and i want to be careful about how i say that but i think a lot of times in very devout catholic circles this can be a real danger you know of mm-hmm. like um being overly pious and yeah you know never smiling and 
I see this as a fruit a lot of times in some like very, very, you know, quote unquote devout Catholic families or yeah. Catholic communities. Thoughts on that? Or yeah, like a negative fruit. No, yeah, no. negative. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I think that's true. Okay. I think that's yeah. true. It's, it's hard to describe exactly, but I think it, uh, yeah, I think it, maybe it's related to joy in the absence of joy sometimes. Like there's, there's a seriousness which is of from great a great place and from great intention but yeah a failure to accept reality a failure to accept you know the humble circumstances your own imperfection sometimes you know i think scrupulosity can be an example of this and and Mm -hmm. it's not always scrupulosity in particular but it's that kind of mindset right i'm afraid of messing things up and so i am going to try to be perfect and there's a, a failure to, I think, accept your own imperfection in that sometimes. Right. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. It does stem from pride, I think, this one. You know, mm-hmm. uh, this over-seriousness of, I, yeah. of my own self-importance, you know. Uh, a lot yeah. of times it does stem from that. I think, too, maybe we'll get into this a little bit later, but I think, too, society really has a hard time with this one, uh, with humorlessness. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's just like a, with every hot topic and, you know. Right. Every well, yeah. aspect of society. So that's the challenge, I think, is to living living an integrated sense of humor. Right. I think that society, you know, you watch SNL, right? It's nothing but humor. I actually think SNL is kind of on the excess, like the buffoonery side of things. Maybe. That's a good, that's actually a good topic because I think that might be the, the a good scale tipping show. Uh, in a lot of ways. Okay. Again, yeah, I don't yeah, yeah. I don't watch yeah. SNL, so maybe there's some very inappropriate yeah. things on there. I don't know. But it yeah. seems as though in our, we'll get into this later, our kind of overly serious society, it seems as though SNL would provide that yeah. tipping scale, bringing it back to the mean, you know? But, I think you're right. But I think, I think my point is that there's, SNL is like, it's like a separated area, right? You talk about politics and then you like have your comedy. Right. Right. And I guess sometimes, you know, comedy often comedy and i know snl does this but you know we'll make light of political situations but i think when you're talking about the seriousness of society i see that in controversial issues i see that in talking about politics and religion and those kinds of things but then i also see things like snl and you know people who watch funny youtube videos all day like the the sense of humor is there but to me it seems unintegrated right so it seems like there's um kind of a it's in some ways a wavering back and forth between buffoonery and humorlessness that doesn't find itself in a virtuous medium. Amen. I agree. Yeah. So I think that's what I mean by bringing up SNL. Although I think another interesting comparison is like I like SNL. I think it's funny. Um I think some of it gets on my nerves. Sometimes they get really political, sometimes mm-hmm. it's it's horribly inappropriate. But I think compare that to like a late night show. Um, you know, and talking like the, the Jimmy Kimmel's, the Stephen Colbert's, the Jimmy Fallon's of the world. And there's a certain, like, I think the late night shows, I I've always really loved those. And I think cause there's a seriousness to them that is flooded with great mirth, yeah. with great humor as great. well. So they'll take real situations. They'll get to know their guests. It's, it's a real human experience with serious conversation often at times, but there's a levity to it. Right. Um, that can you, I think it can lead to that, that joy and humor bursting underneath, you know, a certain seriousness and somberness and, and real suffering that, that life has as well. Right. 
Agreed. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Actually, these late night shows are you know more or less healthy for our culture. Yeah, I think so. I do yeah, think so. Seems yeah. right. Yeah. 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 So with the mean of humor, I don't know if there's appropriate in a in a way to define it so that you know everyone can follow it perfectly. But it seems as though with humor, there's like a there's a um, a a sort of balance between obviously a balance between the excess and defect, but there's like a, there's something to be said about making sure the timing of your humor yes, is appropriate. Exactly right. mm-hmm. uh, so that I think is a huge thing. Um, just the timing of a joke or right. uh, knowing when the situation merits it. Uh, anything else yeah. on no, good this points? is something. Yeah. I like, I like this. I want to want to stick on the mean for a minute because I think for me, you know, my life is, you know, emerging out of a scrupulous phase and into kind of a more uh, lighthearted period or season in my spiritual life, I think. I think in recent times I've found, I've found some circumstances where I've kind of like wanted to moderate my humor a little bit or work on the timing of it. Because it's like, I'll say something, it's like, ah, I, sh- I should have bit my tongue on that. Like it was funny, but probably not the right time or it's just a little too much. And so but I, I don't feel like in that I am, you know, I'm being scrupulous or anything. I think I think there is like, a, okay, I've allowed myself to live out of this freedom where I can incorporate this levity. But there is a certain, I think there's a virtue in discerning timing and discerning um, even amount, right? A, a serious conversation can be derailed if you are cutting too many jokes in the midst of it, I think. Amen. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I actually think too as Christians, I I think uh, it's important to to bring humor into things that are appropriate and not things that are yeah. inappropriate. And that seems like mm-hmm. an obvious thing to say, but I actually think that's something I think we could work on as a Christian community. Yeah. Um, is it's like things you know bringing humor into things that are just really appropriate and in, inappropriate. I mean, and sinful actually can you know be very negative in our evangelization efforts. Yeah, you know, in our our. Uh, like bringing people into into the truth and into the right way of living, you know, if we're like bringing joy, quote unquote, joy or humor into things that are sinful, that says to the person that's listening that they approve of that thing. Yeah, uh, you know, which I, I think can be very dangerous. So I think we just need to make sure we monitor what we're being humorous about in terms of sin or in terms of virtue, et cetera. Right, and that's a good point, and I think that's where I think humor and good humor can be a fruit of the spiritual life. It's not something you just kind of snap your fingers and now you're funny. Um, And now you're like appropriately funny. But I think that like, you know, I I think we could probably see this in both of our like spiritual development. Like, would you say there's a time where your sense of humor is more inappropriate? Probably. Yeah. I'm not perfect at this, obviously. Yeah. 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 And, but I think as I've like grown in the spiritual life, like, I think my humor is developed with that too, mm-hmm. right? And certain things that maybe I used to find funny are just not funny anymore. Right. Like I remember like a certain blasphemous video that at one point in, in college my friends were watching and it like I could see how it was funny, but there was it was blasphemous enough that I could not laugh at that. Like right. it was not funny to me. It's inappropriate to And laugh I think at that, that was a fruit of like a certain proper orientation of in my spiritual sure. life. But at the same time, there can be the the excess of that, where or the rather the defect, where there's something. It's not really sacrilegious. It's not borderline. You're just afraid to laugh at something that's you're. It's out of a scrupulous mindset, right? right? So there is a certain lightheartedness we need to have, even towards the faith. But discerning where that line is, where okay, now this is this, this is worthy of seriousness and not of of levity. 
I think can be a difficult thing, but I think that's a fruit of the spiritual life, right? Amen. I felt that it's not a conscious discernment of, okay, this is the line, but as I grow in the spiritual life, I feel that that discernment becomes more and more natural. That's right. Amen. Amen. That's right. Because in St. Augustine's um, direction here is very beautiful, you know, where he says, love God and do as you will. Love God and yeah. do as you please. You know, as you progress in loving God and making him more and more the center of your life, this this becomes a, a natural thing that you're disposed to. You know, we don't want to overly worry about what should I laugh at, what should I not, et cetera. Yeah. You know, it's, it's about loving God and making him more central, and then humor comes. Yeah, and I think it's one of those things, like we, we said before, that, you know, for a scrupulous person, this might be a hard conversation. Yeah. You know, we, you, we've mentioned before, like, you know, St. Benedict is somebody who talks about, like, actually moderating laughter, right? I think Teresa of Avila does this as well. And you can read this in the saints. And from a scrupulous perspective, this can be, this could really stifle a healthy yeah, sense of humor. it could be damaging, yeah. But I think where they're coming from is, you know, a properly oriented spiritual life where it's it's more so kind of, I see it as like trimming the edges, right? Like knowing when, when to keep the conversation serious and when the joke is appropriate, kind of discerning those things rather than if you laugh too much, you know, you're you're displeasing God and it's in, and, you know, it's sinful and all, and all of that. So I think, yeah, a word of caution to, to the scrupulous is, is advised there. Agreed. You wanted to talk about, so yeah, I think that, that mean, yeah, it's, it's think about it, discern it, reflect on it in your own life. But I think it, it is a fruit of, of ultimately other things in the spiritual life as well. <laughs> but I know you wanted to talk about as well, kind of the, you know, how society what society's approach towards humor is and how do they view that? Yeah, so I did read something really um, really profound the other day that I was, I was going to share here. Um, but I alluded to this a few minutes ago, and I, I think it's true, is that society seems to take itself just way too seriously with all these, you know, hot topic issues with, you know, which obviously are important conversations, right? Uh, tr- with the, you know, transgenderism thing and... Mm-hmm. Uh, so on and so forth, just all these, you know, whatever hot topics, social justice yeah. issues, and, all kinds yeah. of things, you know, and uh, um, even as far as like, you know, again, I know this is important, but like who's, who's president and just placing like an overly serious, you know, mindset yeah. on that. And, you know, uh, it seems as though uh, that is a very dangerous way yeah. to, to approach society. So mm-hmm. I'll read this quote. This is from, uh, this is from that humor journal that I was reading. I was talking about um, from Elizabeth Scalia is her name. She says this. This is interesting. A society that cannot laugh at itself, whether because it is proud or because it is cowed, is one that will quickly smother itself into silence. We will all keep completely to ourselves, both to prevent giving offense to others and to protect ourselves from a sudden cancellation from society. Mm. Um, Wow, how true is that? I mean, you just sense it immediately that that's what's going on. Yeah, I think there. I think you've got a good point there. That you know, society and our divisiveness, and our, and our politics in particular, and our divisiveness there, there is, there seems to be no room for humor, right? There seems to be, and I think the reason for that is that we've kind of idolized politics. We've we've made a god, right? So like, you know, we talk about blasphemy. Like the the excess of humor is when you start to make light of things that are of the utmost seriousness, right? Mm-hmm. So like worship. Right, you know, right worship in our faith, right? And so I think we've kind of come to this place where politics, you know, the political, the state of things politically is our idol. That is in first place. And so you can't make light of it, 
right? That becomes kind of the blasphemous humor is if you say something that's politically incorrect, right? And I think that's a sign of a disorientation of of our society spiritually. And agreed. Even deeper than that, too, is, you know, um, I would say as society that we're tending towards an idolization of the self, of, mm-hmm. of me. I'm, I'm my God, you know, and mm-hmm. um, I get to, you know, decide what kind of truth I live in. Um, and you don't get to decide for me. You can have your truth or whatever. So I'm, I get to mm-hmm. decide how, you know, life should be lived, and that's the way I'm going to live. You know, and so when, when that happens, of course, you know, that person can't take a joke. You know what I mean? They're, right. like, their self-importance it's prevents fragile. them they're from fragile. not. Yeah. If they're, if they're God, they're of the utmost importance to them, right, to themselves. Right. So, of course, they wouldn't be able to take a joke. There's that, yeah, that's, that's a good word, that fragility there, you yeah. know, uh, the, that pride that comes from that. Right, and that's where I think humility becomes such an important virtue. Like, the mark of a comedian, like, any comedian you see, I'm pretty sure it's the first thing you learn in comedy school is you have to be able to make fun of yourself. Yeah. Right? Because if you can't take a joke yourself, you're not going to be funny. Right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I think the other thing with, you know, how society views humor that, that I wanted to touch on is one thing I've observed in, in my students in particular is they place a really high value on humor. And this, this became apparent to me recently and I was on a retreat and I was like, we had small groups and I was kind of in charge of a small group, but I didn't spend a ton of time with them because that wasn't my main role there. And, uh, but they wrote affirmations to everyone at the end. And, and they also wrote affirmations to me and, and most of these kids I had had before and, and one or all of them I had had before. But one of the things I noticed is in their notes, what they said to me and probably the most prevailing thing that they said in order to compliment me was you're a funny teacher. Like you have a good sense of humor. Hmm. And that struck me. It's like, okay, well, like that's not necessarily the first thing I want them to know about, you know, I want them to say about me, but it is something I like, I, I do, I am intentional about, like I want to have a sense of humor with my students and know that they, you know, they don't have to take everything super seriously, but it got me back to thinking about my own high school days and, and how I thought of my teachers. And I remember the cool teachers were the funny ones. Right. So I guess it's just an initial observation. That, like I think it's something about, about children and about adolescents in particular, I think they're drawn to humor in a particular way. And there is a value there and maybe it tends towards excess, maybe too much towards the buffoonery. But I think they are just like children are in tune to something that we as adults aren't when we take things too seriously. I think that that they can be in tune to the value of humor in some ways that we might overlook. It's very interesting. Yeah, I need to think about that in particular more. I think I think there's something to the classroom specifically that you know maybe we tend to as a society place so much value on what happens in the classroom. You yeah. know, especially in the, the mm. public mm-hmm. school classroom and our you know American education and uh, maybe to see a teacher that understands that this is not the end all be all over right. these 50 minutes yeah. is just very important and healing for the students. Maybe that, maybe that's what it is. You know, that's a uh, really good way of putting it. Yeah. Like it's that. okay that I don't make it, you know, if you know, I want to try my best, but it's okay if I don't make an A on your test, like yeah. you know yeah. um, that kind of a thing. So, but you know, as a whole, um, it seems as though uh, humor would be a very valuable thing in light of you know bringing people together as a community. Again, it seems like true humor is is very uh, um, I don't know what the right word. What's the opposite of divisive? 
You want to antonate uniting. uniting. Thank you. <laughs> it's very unitive. Uh, so it seems as though that would be a, a held in very high regard, you know, if that were the case. Right. Yeah, I think so. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think that, that you know, our, our conversation here, and I've, I've kind of been meditating a little bit on our conversations in general on this podcast. And I'd like to think, and I, it is my hope and prayer that I think our podcast can demonstrate some of this because I think we have some really serious conversations. Yeah. But we we joke around, I think, in every podcast, you know, and and I think I hope that we're fi- we're finding that virtuous mean. I'm sure we're, I'm sure we ex- we tend towards buffoonery at times, but um, <laughs> you being a buffoon, boy. I think that's actually truly my hope with this podcast. And I think initially when when your your mom Nick brought this up, I think that was something she saw in us and in what we do is that she sees that humor kind of underlying the seriousness. And so I hope that not just in this podcast, but in our community as well, that that's something that we can witness to. Cause I think I know, I know it's a way that you witness to me in particular and a gift that you have in, in, in your humor that radiates from joy in the midst of suffering and not a certain superficiality. So I think that's my prayer for our, for our listeners is, is that uh, they can, can make that that attitude a part of their own spirituality and, and communities. Yeah, agreed. I think my final thought, what I, I would encourage people, you know, to bring humor into the way that you evangelize too, you know, uh, as, as Christian, you know, Catholic Christians that are trying to evangelize, if you're listening, you know, it seems as though um, we need, we could chill out a little bit more when we're trying to evangelize, yeah. you know, just <laughs> don't take yourself so seriously. I know I could work on this, especially, uh, you know, bring the, you know, the humor that comes from your community into the way that you evangelize. Yeah. Amen to that. Yeah. Awesome. It's been a great conversation and you can find us, you know, where to find us in social medium, social media, medium would be the singular of media. It would colloquium show emails, colloquium show at gmail.com. We do love hearing from you. Take our survey in the show notes and we'll see you next time. Praised be Jesus Christ. Now and forever. Amen. Amen.